0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. 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 Yeah, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Dan. Uh, I'm one of our leaders here, married to Tamsin and two young kids, Izzy and Lauren. Uh, Nice to meet you all. Uh, So as Graham said, this morning we're actually continuing and finishing uh, our series, looking at our values as a church, specifically that value of being a spirit-filled people who enjoy life as family. Whether we planned to finish on a dedication Sunday with this value or not, I think it's a great topic for us to explore together today as we celebrate the Carters and the Franks, uh, coming together as the family of God, both local here from the Oak, but also wider. I know we've got many visitors with us this morning. Uh, Our values at the Oak are not just words on a page or a nice pretty diagram. They are the living principles that breathe life into our vision and our mission. So this pretty diagram is our values, uh, but as I said, it's not just about that. Our vision uh, is to join God's mission, to see the world transformed through Jesus' power to change lives, hopefully on the next slide, Gaz, our vision. But we try to live life towards this vision by loving God, loving his family, and loving his world. Simple yet powerful. This vision is our North Star, that guides our journey as a church, as we seek to follow scripture and God's leading to all that he is calling us into. You could say our values are the compass that directs our daily actions and interactions. They are the tangible expressions of our commitment to fulfill our mission. As we live out these values, we are actively shaping the culture of our church, forging deeper connections within our church family, and extending the love of Christ to a world in need. our values are the heart and soul of our mission in action, propelling us forward to make a meaningful impact on our community and the world beyond and as I said this morning, we are finishing up this series looking at our values and focusing on being a spirit filled people who get to enjoy life as family, looking at how This value flows through church life and what it means for Zeke and Josh as they grow up being surrounded by the family of God. We live in a world where many feel disconnected, isolated, and alone. As God's family, we have a beautiful opportunity to be a beacon of light and love, united by the Holy Spirit. So let's explore how we can be a spirit-filled family that truly enjoys life together, that becomes that beacon of light. We recognize that the church isn't a building. The oak isn't this building. The church isn't an hour and a half that we gather together on a Sunday. It's the living, breathing community of God's children. It's a family where every member, regardless of age, background, or experience, plays a vital role. In a world where so many are yearning for connection and belonging, the church can be a lighthouse, a place where people experience the transforming power of God's love and the warmth of genuine community. It's a space where we can thank God for children with a commitment that we will all help create an environment for them to grow up experiencing the love of God. For Zeke and for Josh... We believe that being part of a thriving, joy-filled community who enjoy being family together helps set them up for learning and exploring more about Jesus. So that, as Graham said, they can choose to follow him and embrace his love for themselves personally. So today, let's delve into Scripture and explore this value, how we can be a spirit-filled family, a family that thrives not just in its gatherings on Sundays, but in the everyday moments of life. Let's learn how to embrace the Holy Spirit's presence, encourage one another, and live out the reality of being God's children and all that means for us together. Obviously, let's say, we've got some visitors with us today, and so I hope that if you are also part of a church community, you can apply this and see how this outworks in your setting And if you aren't, then my prayer is that you simply see Jesus. As we look at this, the whole point of being a people who enjoy life, who embrace being a community together, is that Jesus is made known. So I pray you'll experience something of him by being amongst us in this space today. I hope to ignite a passion within each of us, a passion to live out, our church value of being the spirit-filled people who enjoy life as family. And may this passion radiate from us and draw others into the loving embrace of a church family, but most importantly, into the arms of our Heavenly Father. So to start off, I want to remind us that we are God's children. Family is one of the primary pictures in the Bible of how God relates to us and how we relate to one another. And it's used because it's how God relates to himself. The way the father interacts with his son Jesus is beautifully outstanding. This is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy, is how Matthew, gospel writer, introduces us to this relationship in the gospel of Matthew. The apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to the church in Ephesus, he prays that they might know the glorious riches of the Father through his Spirit, so that Christ may dwell in their hearts. He speaks directly that every earthly family derives its name from the Father, that this intimate family dynamic in the Godhead is the primary source of identity for every individual and family on earth. Family is perfected in God because He isn't broken, damaged, hurt, or rejected. The family union in God Himself is perfect. And why is that important? Because it means God's plan for family is not based on our broken versions, but on His perfected one. His desire is to restore family to His perfected image. But it's not big picture, it's personal. Let's look at our first passage this morning together. Let's look at Romans 8. Uh, it'll be on the screen as I read it out. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. In these verses, the Apostle Paul paints a breathtaking picture of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He begins by declaring that those who are led by the Spirit of God are his children. What a beautiful invitation. It speaks of a personal, intimate connection with our Heavenly Father, one that extends beyond mere religious observance or empty rituals. It's an invitation to become part of his family, to be his child. And Paul continues in this passage to emphasize that the spirit we receive doesn't bring slavery or fear, but adoption into his family. This adoption is not... Temporary. it's eternal. The adoption of a child by a parent to become their own as if by birth, it cannot and cannot be undone. Our adoption as God's children is irrevocable. As God is eternal, this adoption is eternal. It's a love that knows no bounds, no conditions and no end. It's a love that declares us as sons and daughters of the Most High God. The depths of this relationship is further revealed as Paul writes, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. You may or may not know the term Abba is an Aramaic word that reflects an intimate, childlike address to a loving Father. It's a cry of trust, dependence, closeness. Through the Holy Spirit, we have the privilege of addressing God not as a distant deity. But as our tender, caring Father. The Spirit testifies with our spirit, affirming within us that we are indeed God's children. Our identity is loved sons and daughters, providing a sense of belonging and security that transcends any fear or doubt. If you know God this morning, be reminded you are his son, you're his loved daughter, There is no doubt in that. And here's the profound truth that definitely for me resonates. If we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We inherit the boundless riches of God's kingdom, the immeasurable love of our heavenly Father, and the eternal promises of his word. This inheritance is not reserved for a select few, but is extended to all who embrace Jesus as Lord and Savior. So to those who are still exploring faith or who God is, or maybe you're encountering this message for the first time, know that God's invitation to become a child, his child is fully wide open to you. Through Jesus and the empowering work of the Holy Spirit, you can experience the love, the grace and security of being a cherished part of his family. It's a relationship that offers hope, purpose, an eternal inheritance that far exceeds anything this world can offer. You are not alone, you are loved. And your heavenly father has his arms wide open, eagerly awaiting all to run into them. So why is it one of our core values to enjoy life as family? Because we are brothers and sisters in Christ, Sons and daughters of God, this understanding of our identity as individuals and as a church is fundamental. We are the family of God, both in the global sense and within our local church community here at the Oak. From the very beginning, God designed and planned for us to live in community with him and with each other. We are family. God's plan for his family has always been one of unity, love, support. In the UK and elsewhere, as I said earlier, loneliness is a significant issue. According to a survey by the Office of National Statistics back in 2020, about 7.2% of adults in the UK reported feeling lonely, often or always, living in that state of loneliness. It knows no age boundaries, it affects people of all ages. The Mental Health Foundation's research found that a staggering 44% of 18 to 24 year olds in the UK have felt lonely over the past couple of years. 44% of our youth feeling lonely. I'm sure if like me, you know that God designed us to live in community, that this community should forever be a place where nobody is left feeling isolated or alone. It underscores our responsibility to be a loving and welcoming church family, ensuring that no one never is left feeling disconnected or excluded. It's an invitation to live out the love and the unity that characterise our Heavenly Father's family, a family where no one is left behind and everyone is cherished. So great, but what does that actually mean for how we live? How does that impact us? How do we live out our lives as God's children in his family, in a way that embodies this and creates a space where everyone can experience the embrace of their loving father? How do we love his family and thrive as a caring and welcoming community? Let's look at Colossians chapter 3. It provides a beautiful framework for understanding how we should relate to one another within the church family. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So as God's children, as God's people, as this beautiful family of God who he loves, everything we've just talked about. It says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let's unpack these verses, and we'll find that the Apostle Paul paints a vivid picture of what life within the church family should look like, does look like. It's not merely a collection of individuals attending meetings. Instead, it's a living, breathing family knitted together by the love of God. We are God's people, holy and dearly loved. So let's delve into these qualities that we are called to clothe ourselves with as we unpack what it means to be a truly caring and welcoming family. Paul sets out a beautiful woven tapestry, you could say, of qualities that should make up the fabric of church life. These qualities are not standalone They are intrinsically connected, as I hope you'll see, like threads woven into a masterpiece. In this tapestry of Christian living, the thread of compassion is the foundation upon which the entire composition rests. Compassion is the heartbeat of love in action. It beckons us not to merely observe suffering from a distance, but to step into the shoes of those in pain. It compels us to bear their burdens, as if they were our own, recognising that we are not isolated individuals, but a united family. It's a tender touch of Christ's love that reaches out to the broken, the marginalised, the hurting, offering healing and hope. It's a deep empathy that moves us into action. Now as we pull on that thread of kindness, we see that it complements compassion seamlessly. Kindness is the practical outworking of compassion. It's the gentle hand extended to lift another burden. A thoughtful word spoken to brighten someone's day and the selfless act of love that leaves a lasting impact. Kindness flows from a heart overflowing with compassion, reaching out to those within the family and those yet to join, making them feel cherished and valued. And then we encounter humility And it ties compassion and kindness together harmoniously. Humility reminds us that we are part of something greater than ourselves. A church family knit together by God's grace. It encourages us to consider others more highly than ourselves. Recognizing the divine imprint in each person as we are God's children. It's the very attitude exemplified by Jesus when he washed his disciples' feet reminding us that we are not here to be served, but to serve one another in love. And Then as we weave that thread of gentleness into this tapestry, we see how it complements humility, and gentleness is a grace-filled touch that accompanies humility. It's the way we approach one another with tender care, patience, and understanding. Gentleness seeks to mend, not to break, It seeks to unite, not to divide. It's the Christ-like demeanour that fosters reconciliation and preserves the spirit of unity. And then lastly, this thread of patience. It's intrinsically woven throughout, you could say. Patience is the enduring quality that ties all of these together. It's the acknowledgement that growth and transformation take time. Patience allows us to bear with one another's imperfections and shortcomings, because we're all full of them. It's the recognition that God, as God patiently works in us, we too must be patient with each other, allowing each other the space to grow in grace. And so as we consider these interconnected qualities of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, let us remember that they are not just optional accessories but an essential garment for everyone in the church family to wear daily. Remember, the passage starts by saying, clothe yourselves with, put on. This garment of beautiful yet challenging threads are all held together in love. We know we aren't perfect. As God's family, we aren't going to live out this perfect tapestry exactly as God intended. With love, we can quickly forgive, quickly restore relationships. We can be quick to recognize that we're all sinners in need of more of his spirit at work in us. But it paints this beautiful picture of what church family can be like. I think it's difficult to take this theory and turn it into practice. I also think, in many ways, this beautiful church family that is the Oak is wonderful at so much of this. The meal trains, our community groups, the deep friendships, the love and support of each other is so evident. As I look across this room, and remember the moments where we've had challenges as a family and the love and compassion shown to us is fond. I'm sure many of you can testify to those moments too. I think there's always more we can do. There's always more we can do to become more like Christ display more of his plan for family and how we love his family. I think especially as we continue to grow in number and diversity, it's easy to get complacent and focus more on ourselves rather than each other. But let me give you one practical example. Consider someone new to the Oak or your church, someone who's seeking community and connection, maybe one of those people who is feeling isolated or lonely, perhaps. Often we don't know people's situation. What if we made an extra effort to extend kindness to all those who come, not leaving it to someone else? It could simply be as simple as inviting them to your community group or even back to your untidy house for an unplanned lunch, or even just offering to sit with them during a Sunday gathering. Kindness in action transforms this space from a place of strangers into a genuine home where those who are new quickly feel like they belong. I still remember a few years ago, inviting a couple who we hadn't met before back for lunch. They were grateful for the invite, but shared that three others had already invited them, and they were all set, thanks. I smiled. Outrageous generosity being outworked by the family of God. They were overwhelmed by the welcome. And I guess the question is, have we fallen into the trap Now we're a little bit bigger of of thinking somebody else will welcome, somebody else will stretch out their arm of kindness and generosity. Being a caring and welcoming community is not just a catchy phrase. It's a biblical mandate. In these verses in Colossians, we find a blueprint for nurturing this family, something which is the responsibility of all to live out as we seek to live spirit-filled lives together. As we clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with patience and forgiveness, we we reflect the character of our Heavenly Father. Let's embrace our differences, show love and compassion to all and truly reflect the beauty of God, of a God-centered, loving community. And by doing so, we not only strengthen our church family, but also become this beautiful, shiny example to the world of what a genuine Christian community should look like. May our caring, welcoming family be a testament to God's love and grace and his spirit at work in us. So as we conclude our journey through the core values of enjoying being a spirit-filled family in this church... We arrive at a pivotal point that we are the light of the world. The church family, the people of God, are created to live together so that the world can see God, so that we can love His world. And this is where I want to bring the word enjoy into this as well. This isn't a dull family. We get to enjoy being life together because life knowing God is enjoyable. <clears throat> It's a lot of fun, even in the midst of challenge. Imagine for a moment a towering lighthouse perched on a rugged coastline, its brilliant beacon cutting through the darkest of nights. This lighthouse is not merely a structure of brick and mortar, it's a symbol of hope, guidance and safety for ships navigating treacherous waters. As we delve into this last part, I want you to... Envision our church community or your church community as this very lighthouse. In Matthew 5, Jesus tells us that you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Just as a lighthouse stands tall and visible, our church, us, the people of God, when united in love and purpose, stand as a beacon of God's truth and grace in the midst of life's storms. So consider this lighthouse's role during a stormy night. Sailors are tossed by turbulent seas. They look for the lighthouse for safety and guidance. They trust its light to lead them safely to the harbour. Similarly, I would say our church family has the opportunity to guide those adrift in the storms of life. We are not immune to challenging seasons, but as God's children, we have an eternal light of Christ shining within us. Our acts of love and kindness and compassion become like the lighthouse's beam, offering hope and direction to those around us. Just as a lighthouse stands unwavering in the face of crashing waves, our faith remains steadfast in the midst of life challenges, when we extend a helping hand to someone in need, when we share the love of Jesus with someone searching, when we provide comfort for those hurting, we are like that lighthouse, illuminating a path to safety, to Jesus. Our actions become a testament to God's transformative power, and those around us take notice. Through our collective light, We enjoy life as family. May we draw others to the ultimate source of hope, our Heavenly Father. And may they give glory to him who shines through us. Provocative question from Tim Keller, a church leader and theologian who sadly passed away earlier this year. He said, if you and your church were to disappear off the face of the earth tomorrow, would anyone in the community around you notice you were gone? And if the community did even notice, would they say, we are really glad they're gone or we are really going to miss them? God created me and you to live with a single, all-embracing, all-transforming passion, a passion to glorify God by enjoying and displaying his supreme excellence in all spheres of life as we enjoy and live life as family together. So this morning, And each day, we have an invitation. An invitation to firstly recognize that you're a child of God. If you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, maybe today you are wanting to take that step. Or maybe you are wanting to commit to finding out more, to go on an Alpha course. Can I encourage you to take the step to accept that invitation? And secondly, an invitation each day for those who are following Jesus, whether you call the oak your home or not, to go again, to commit to being the living testimony of God's grace, love and truth in a world that desperately needs him. As God's children, together, guided by the Spirit, we are a caring and welcoming community. We're uniquely positioned to shine the light of Christ. My prayer for the Oak family will be an even bigger, radiant beacon of hope, love, and faith into our community and beyond, reflecting the transformative power of Christ to a world longing for his light. For Zeke and for Josh and for many other children, for the youth, for those older, for all those who haven't yet come to accept that invitation that we don't need to live in fear and can be a child of God. Will you accept this daily invitation to enjoy living life as God's children in family together, displaying His light to the world, so that those who don't know Him get to see Him? See Adam, you can come up. Let let me pray, and then we'll respond by singing together. Father God, we thank you first and foremost that you call us your children thank you god that you sent your son to die so that we could live in a deep intimate relationship with you part of your family with you for eternity thank you that you created each of us to live in community with you and with each other thank you for this beautiful bunch of people who we get to call our family whether part of the OCOR Global. Father, we thank you that we get to enjoy living out your mission, our mission to follow your shining light into this broken world. We pray you will use us. Always a big prayer, Lord, use us. Will you draw us closer to yourself? Equip us with your spirit for all you call us to do. Lord, we praise you. We thank you for your love for us. Lord, help us to be more... Like you, help us to shine your light broader and wider into our community around us. We pray. Amen. Amen.